Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Two more hours to go on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I tweeted this out a couple of nights ago watching... Uh, the Detroit Pistons, and I was just, or I guess yesterday, I was saying, look, man, I promise, I promise I will promise not to like any Charlotte Hornets players ever again because they just get taken away from me due to injury. It just happens so many times this year, whether it's LaMelo Ball a few separate times, whether it's Mark Williams, who had the the right thumb sprain in that game against Detroit, would try to give it a go, but eventually it would be brought back out again. A couple of the players that you really connect with watching this team, and they're taken away from you. But hopefully, they'll be good to go the rest of the season, and the Hornets will continue to improve after they have won a couple straight. One against the New York Knicks, one against the Detroit Pistons. Both of those games on the road, they'll return to the Spectrum Center tomorrow night to take on the Utah Jazz. Tip is set for 7 p.m. We'll talk more about it with assistant Hornets coach Jay Hernandez joining us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, thanks so much for the time. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Yeah, we're doing well, Jay. Really appreciate it. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about two wins, despite all of the injuries that you've suffered. When you did have a lot of the guys back, you went on a five-game winning streak, of course, before you had LaMelo get injured and uh, have that fractured right ankle, unfortunately so. But just overall on this season, with things not going your way, certainly because of some of the injuries, what do you think that this team this season has improved the most on when you go back and look at it all? Yeah, I think it's the uh, the consistency, uh, the approach to, you know, making sure that we're following game plan every single game, you know, game in and game out. Uh, obviously, you know, going into the Brooklyn, New York, Detroit road trip, uh, we handled everything the same way we've been handling it since day one. And I think it's starting to show itself in the way we're defending. And I think that's the biggest thing right now. We we'll want to be top teams in the league over the last month in terms of our defensive rating. And uh, that's something that we can hang our hat on and, and continue to push forward with because we know, you know, how valuable that is to be able to defend at a high clip. And, you know, when you do have uh, guys like Melo back into the lineup who infuse uh, such great offensive flow and chemistry within our unit, um, you know, it's something that, that we're looking forward to seeing. Coach, you talk about the defensive numbers improving. How much of that is due to Mark Williams starting to enter the rotation, what he's done? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of Mark and Nick uh, Richards, mm-hmm. um, you know, making sure that we have the one-two combo with both those guys. Uh, you know, both guys have a lot of length. Um, obviously, the athleticism and, uh, you know, they're able to, uh, as young bigs, uh, call out the coverages early, you know, and that's, that's a big thing, and seeing the growth in, in them you know, having that pattern recognition of what might be coming, uh, making sure they're communicating it to our guys so that all all the other guys can get aligned with it. Um, it's been, been really, really good to see. Well, yeah, and I don't want to ask the same question in spirit, at least, with what guys are improving on the most. But just with Mark, I think one of the things that I'm most impressed with is he improves in a very visible way at any stretch of basketball he plays, whether you're watching him in both of his years at Duke, whether it's preseason, summer league, the time now that he's entered the rotation. You know, how is it working with someone like Mark Williams, who I know Coach Clifford is also praised for his ability to learn? Yeah, I think it's it's something inherent in him where he's he's constantly engaged and asking questions. I think that's the biggest thing. It's his curiosity is at a at a hundred percent level at all times. Uh, when he wasn't playing, uh, I'd be coming in, 
in the huddle with him and he'd be asking, you know, what, what's that term or what are we doing here? And so to have a guy like him do that consistently when he wasn't playing shows you that he wanted to get better and he was engaged in, in the overall process of improving and, and also being ready. And so uh, it's been a lot of fun, you know, for a guy like him. He's got a great, great energy uh, about him and um, you could see the talent is there. So, you know, just a with time, with him getting stronger, with him learning a league even more, um, you know, he's a guy that, that we definitely look forward to seeing grow. Charlotte Hornets assistant coach Jay Hernandez joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, just for those that don't know, uh, what do you? Uh, what would you say is your biggest responsibility with this team as an assistant coach? Uh, for me right now, it's uh, scouting games, uh, also dealing with uh, – ATOs or after timeout plays and end of game situations. So every game I'm, I'm preparing for what the other team could do and, and what we are going to do against their defense. And then uh, looking at potentially who to attack and, and uh, who to attack with on our, on our roster based on lineups, um, you know, after timeouts and, and be able to put stuff like that together. Well, and coach, I mean, look, if you know about the Charlotte Hornets, a lot of people talk about you being a big part of what the identity of this team can be and, and your research and, and what you've done with this team has been really coveted. I, I, I go back to when they made that transition from James Borrego to Steve Clifford eventually during that coaching search. I know some of the reports out there were that the Hornets really wanted to keep some of the staff in place, including you. What was that like for you to be wanted back regardless of whatever coach was going to be here with Charlotte? What was that transition like for you? Yeah, it means a lot to, you know, be considered as somebody that, that people want to keep on. You know, I know it's not uh, an easy situation. I know uh, going from one coach to the next, usually the, the coach wants to impart um, his knowledge and have people that he trusts uh, to come in and, and be able to do that stuff. And, and for me, fortunately, I've been through the process a number of times uh, in Orlando when I was there, went through three different coaches and um, you know, in a four-year span. So uh, it's something that I, I've grown accustomed to, unfortunately. And uh, I know that uh, there's nothing you can do within the two weeks or three weeks of somebody getting hired. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all predicated on what you did beforehand and how you treated people and the type of work you put in. So uh, fortunately for me, I had uh, history, uh, which coach, coach Clifford, he was actually um, the head coach at Adelphi College at Division Two when I was playing at Hofstra University. Um, and so we had been in contact all those years, you know, never, never knowing that I was ever going to be a coach or that we'd ever get the chance to work together. But, uh, it was a big blessing when he got the job and, you know, he said he wanted to keep me on. And, you know, since then I've been working my butt off to, uh, to prove myself. Well, and coach, I mean, we'll talk about your Hofstra playing days in just a moment too, but how uncertain was that time for you during that transition? Because again, we did have the reports that the Hornets and the decision makers really did want to keep um, some of the coaching staff in place. So how uncertain was that time for you? Did you feel good about sticking around here in the city of Charlotte or did you kind of warn the family, Hey, it might be time to look at other jobs. Just, you know, be aware that we might have to go to a different city. I think my my wife was more aware of what Woj was was tweeting out than I was. You know, I think uh, <laughs> I just uh, I just uh, you know every day just come in, you know, do what I can, and I live more in the present. I try to you know, obviously you're you're preparing to for some potential moves, but even at that point in time, you know, there's there was really nowhere to go. You know, it was more about uh, regular personal decisions as to um, you know my daughter's a senior in high school. You know, this year, so regardless, you know, we really love Charlotte. We were going to have the family stay in Charlotte. And, um, you know, so that was something that we had had talked about, but in terms of, uh, 
uh, the professional part of it. Um, you just never know, you know, where things are going to come from, how things are going to transpire. So uh, my, my, my goal was definitely to, to try my best to interview, stick it out, and, and do what I could to stay here because I, I love the organization. I want to see us be successful here. And, um, you know, fortunately for me, I was able to do that. Assistant Hornets coach Jay Hernandez joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Now, I think some of the fans that know you, coach, know you maybe at first from the workout video with Kimba Walker that kind of went viral. I guess we could call it viral yeah. where you got where you and Kimba are putting together this really intricate dribbling drill and you're going toe to toe with Kimba like it was really impressive. So how fun was that for you to see that video kind of circulate around social media and then have people give you a lot of respect because of it? Yeah, it was it was it was it was fun. You know, it's like I said, it's uh, sometimes people just know you as the dribbling guy. They don't realize you know <laughs> the stuff for the organization. Um, you know, so for my kids, it was really a cool experience. It was just something that he and I had been doing for years. Uh, you know, Kemba and I known each other since he was in college, and then I had him in pre-draft and worked with him for years before I got into the NBA. So. Um, you know, I don't just do that with everybody, right? He's, he's one of the unique guys that we were able to get to a point where we were able to do that stuff. And it was really, uh, every about 15 games or so, I would switch the pattern stuff for him. So mm-hmm. that was like one of the, one of the drills we did that was intricate. And, uh, you know, what people didn't see was the first, you know, six or seven games where he and I would both struggle. <laughs> and then eventually, you know, they'd end up putting out the, the finished product. And so, uh, you know, that's why I try to tell the kids all the time, you know, make it ugly. Don't, don't worry about trying to look pretty. You know, it's, the game will come, you know, a little bit more. It'll, it'll look better if you're making mistakes in practice. And so that, that was our thing. And we'd always finish up the uh, pregame warm-ups with that because there was a, a semblance of thinking and drilling, you know. And, and from a point guard perspective, I wanted to wake up his brain, you know. And so we would do something that would kind of get him to have to remember certain patterns and then be able to do it correctly. And, um, you know, he, he enjoyed doing it. So he'd always ask me, all right, what's next? And uh, always always being challenged. So that, it's always fun, you know, that what people don't see is, like, the best players, they want to be challenged. If they feel like you're – putting them through something that they already know they can do. And a lot of times, you know, they're going to be bored and they're going to be like, all right, I can, I can work with anybody and do this stuff. So uh, part of it was just trying to engage him, challenge him, and, you know, make sure that he was uh, – as much physically ready as he was mentally ready for for games. Well, I mean, and coach, I think a lot of Hornets fans consider Kimba Walker as the greatest Hornet of all time. And I think a lot of people, too, consider that as well because he grew up with us. He got better. He was not that good as soon as he stepped onto an NBA court where it took a little while. And I think, especially with the shooting, that improved as much as any. Just as far as a gap with you being involved in the game so much, have you seen anybody improve as much as what you saw Kimba Walker do during your time coaching him? Uh, no, especially for a guy his size, you know, um, not necessarily the, the best athlete out there. You know, he had the quickness and, and the stop and go stuff, but uh, he wasn't jumping over anybody. He wasn't outpowering anybody. And, uh, you know, I think the, the work that he put in, especially during the season to change, you know, like when guys aren't making shots, they tend to go back to what they know. And uh, mm-hmm. I know he had been working with Coach Bruce here, and, and Bruce is working with our guys now and does a tremendous job. Um, you know, they put in a lot of hours, and, and to, to Kemba's credit, you know, he when he wasn't making shots, trying to change his form, um, he didn't go back to what he knew. He, he stayed with it, and he had some games where he struggled, and all of a sudden, boom, just like that, uh, you know, it started to hit and started to click the right way. And, um, you know, that just transformed his game because now teams, you know, they can't go under him anymore. 
got to chase him, and you know that lent itself to other stuff. You know, in, in terms of the weapons that he had, from floaters to step backs and everything else. So, um, no, it was a lot of fun to watch him grow, and uh, you know, again to be a part of. Uh, seeing him get to a, an All NBA team, you know, being able to start in the All Star game in Charlotte, I mean, you couldn't write a better script. Well, and I'm curious too because we talk about Kemba Walker changing his shot. Look, man, I'll be dead wrong on this. I was really scared about Lamelo's shot, and he is a phenomenal shooter. Doesn't matter, catch and shoot. We've seen him the last three years, and I know the release is a little funky, and that was kind of the scouting process on him. Was there any thought in your mind or around the coaches that you were discussing on changing Lamelo's shot? What kind of went into those conversations when discussing what to do with LaMelo and his jump shot? No, I think uh, when we saw him come through and, and practice and, and do what he was doing, uh, you know, you never worried about him getting a shot blocked, you know, or, you know, the, the fact that it maybe, you know, it was a low release point, whatever the case may be, but he shoots it from range, you know, and you start to see, you know, some of the top shooters in the game, you know, their, their set point is a little bit lower when they shoot from range. And, um, and, and he's, He's got this unorthodox way of getting his shots off. You know, he could be turned to a side, and you know, and, and you can't really time that. So, as a defender, and so when he came in, and we saw the way he was shooting it, and he was shooting it at a very high clip of practice, and you get into games, you know, you look at it and say, you know what, this is something we we're not going to touch. You know, it would be a different story if you came out and was shooting 18% for the season. You know, on five or six attempts a game, but that wasn't the case. And so, um, you know, with a guy like him, you know, he, he gets in the gym, he works, and, you know, as, as you see over the course of time from Larry Bird to Reggie Miller and some other guys, right. they, they didn't have the most, you know, um, uh, basic of, of form of shots, uh, stuff like that. So I think you, you see, you know, that guys that can get it done as long as they get to a point where, you know, the release point, the follow-through and everything else is, is there and the arc point is good, uh, which he has, uh you know he's able to make it at a high clip. So yeah, it's it's been it's been fun to watch him play because he's just uh, a, a great talent. You know when he's out there, he, he causes a lot of problems for for other teams. You know as a mismatch at his as his size as a point guard position. You know being six seven. So um, yeah, he's he's a guy that. You know, we, we are in awe of at times when he's doing some of the stuff that he does. All right, final thing before we get you out of here. College basketball is in full force. I can't get you out of here without asking about your yeah. two, yes, two NCAA tournament games that you played in separate years during your Hofstra days. That was always my dream, and it didn't work out to play in an NCAA tournament game. That's what I grew up idolizing. You got to live that. Yeah. Where do those memories hold for you in a hierarchy of basketball memories when you, when you look back at the tournament games compared to what you're doing these days? coaching and being around the game so much now yeah no it, i mean obviously it's special when you're a young player and you get a chance to uh to be a part of march madness uh we were able to at that time uh play the um the championship games on our home court you know for for our conference and so uh to to be from long island to play at hofstra uh be there you know uh playing alongside speedy class and norma richardson who's in the system yes. with with the hornets uh, obviously, uh, Coach Coach Wright, um, Hall of Fame career. Uh, you know, we're we're playing our first year against Mike Bray at Delaware, uh, who just retired from Notre Dame. So it, it was some some really good basketball. And then, uh, obviously, the first year we got in, it was just like, wow, this is something that this program hasn't done in a, in a really long time. And we're playing against Oklahoma State. You know, and they they blitzed us pretty good. Um, you know, it was a, a good roster that they had. They were they had a lot of size. And then, you know, the following year, you know, we, we kind of came in thinking, you know what, we have seven seniors. Uh, 
we, we can we can make some noise. And, uh, you know, we went in fully confident that we could beat a very good UCLA team who ended up losing to Duke that year, who won the championship. But uh, we had them on the ropes all the way up until the seven-minute mark. And, you know, they had uh, Gad Zurich, Matt Barnes, uh, Jason Capone, Earl Watson. You know, it was, it was a really, really good team that they put together. And um, we felt confident going in. And, you know, we went to Greensboro and played there. And, um, just great memories of, of being able to compete at a high level with guys that you cared a lot about. Um, you know, we had, like I said, seven seniors and a bunch of guys that um, were going for their master's degree at the time. So it, it was a very mature group. You know, not not much phased us. Um, you know, our our biggest games were playing at Madison Square Garden. You know, at the time for the ECAC Holiday Festival, we were five and one there. And, and you know, again, winning that first championship. Uh, three years prior to, to my senior year against a you know, good Georgia Tech team and you know, being able to beat Penn that year, who was very good, um, you know, kind of led us to that point. So uh, yeah, a lot of great memories, uh, you know, a member of the family, friends, and, and the community coming, you know, supporting, taking the bus through, bus by, you know, uh, travel by plane to get there and everything else like that. So we had, a, we had a good contingent, and then we were able to win the fan base over by the end of the first half. So that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, Speedy Claxton, one of the best NBA names of all time. So it's great yeah. to have that reference in there. That is Hornets yeah. assistant coach Jay Hernandez joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, thank you so much and good luck the rest of the way. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, we're up against a break. Uh, break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers and the NFL draft ahead. Plus, take a look at some overrated, underrated free agents. This offseason is Jimmy G, a possible guy you could see Carolina pursuing. We'll get to that on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm glad you could dance today, Fiddy. I didn't think there was a chance at all that I would have you dance into any of the intro music, but there you are. I don't think you're in a great mood, given what happened last night. I know you lost sleep with North Carolina losing to Virginia, effectively ending their season. But I'm glad that you are in somewhat of a good mood in different things that we talk about. So thank you for dancing and bringing me to a good mood. I'm just hungry. Now that's, okay. like, that's now the biggest issue I have in my life. Flounder, if you're listening, <laughs> feed me. Feed, feed your boy. I think checks is the move today. Something's got to give, man. I'm yeah. Because right now I'm in a good mood. Mm -hmm. But I think you asked me yesterday if I get hangry, and I told you that instead of getting angry, I just pass gas a lot more than I normally do. Yeah, you did say that. That was not what I was asking, but you did tell me that. Given uh, given what happened last night and stuff like that, today would be a day where I would get hangry. All right, this is the question I have for the Garage Door Guru text line because Fiddy is eating himself while grieving. That was weird. He what? Is, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. He is eating 
while grieving himself. Yes, that's what happened. I'm sorry, Colin. Oh, God. I'm sorry. It's really bad. But Fiddy, <laughs> he's going to eat chicken wings from checks. Let's just talk about it in detail there. He's going to eat checks in order to get over this loss. How do you guys get over a loss from your favorite team? Like, do you just do you just drink? Are you just drinking beer? Are you going to indulge on chicken wings or eat pints of ice cream like I might do that? You know, that that's exactly what I would do if, uh, you know, if my favorite team lost. 262 number said, Fitty needs the strawberry hot. Yes, the strawberry hot. Th- th- that's my favorite flavor. The strawberry hot right there. And the spicy caramel wings at Chex. I have not had that yet. That sounds good. Yeah, it does. So the thing about strawberry stuff is I don't like actual strawberries i don't eat them mm-hmm. but the i flavor but i love strawberry pop tarts so if <laughs> if it don't come across as too strawberry mm-hmm. i i mean like i wish i could just get them to give me a wing to sample like let me let me sample it well, they got a ton of flavors yeah they do it's it's that place is phenomenal so like if i could sample it i'd be more than willing to to eat them if i like them but i mean i'm not going to order I think the, the future gets like seven mm-hmm. and then not like them because then I'm just wasting chicken. So often what happens to me, especially on Fridays, I like to have like no rule Friday radio shows where we don't necessarily stay within the confines of what a normal radio show would do. And there are so many different topics I want to throw to the text line where it's kind of sensory overload with what I'm trying to like. There are so many different questions. I wanted to ask that one to everyone. So. What is the way, how do you deal with your favorite sports team losing? Okay. Especially with an end of the season type of loss, tournament type of loss, whatever. How do you deal with that? The other one is I want people to write in their favorite random college basketball players. And this is, this is going to be a lot of text coming in. We're going to try to read a lot of them, but Speedy Claxton hit a piece of nostalgia that few other names can hit. Speedy Claxton was great, and if you are joining us just within the last couple of minutes, we were talking with Hornets assistant coach, Jay Hernandez. He played with Speedy Claxton in college, which is awesome. And here are some of the names that he played against, by the way, in the NCAA tournament. Maybe you remember the name Desmond Mason. Do you remember Desmond Mason, a part of the slam dunk contest? Wes would know. This is where Wes being in Greensboro hurts because he's the old man of the group. And so, yeah, there you go. Help me out. Yes. He's here in spirit. Yes, he is. So Desmond Mason, he played against him when he was at Oklahoma State, but he also played against UCLA. And here are the athletes. Here are the NBA players that he played against. Jason Capono, former Bobcat, three-point champion Jason Capono, Earl Watson, UCLA great, but also a coach in the NBA. Do you remember Dan Gadzerich by any chance? That's a reach for me. I do not. I figured you were going to go with something like that. And also Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was on that UCLA team. He wanted all the smoke, did Jay Hernandez. So those are some great names to go to as well. Brock's Mike said, Walker, no, it's caramel, not caramel. No, it's caramel, man. I'm so I'm so much a caramel guy. The only time I'll say caramel is if I have to say no, I even go Carmelo with the candy bar. It's all caramel for me. I never go caramel. I think I, I switch up depending on what I'm talking about. Like if I'm going to the fair, which I almost never do, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a caramel apple. Okay. But, you know, if I'm getting if I'm eating something, it's going to caramelize. It's not going to. So you, you don't go caramel at all then. You go caramel. 
for everything. I, I guess I just said that I did something and did the complete opposite of what I said. <laughs> That's correct. That did it's just no happen. It's Rules Friday, though, so I can do whatever the hell I want. No Rules Friday. I want that to be a theme every single Friday. Jax wrote in that they ignore all social media and sports outlets for a week or two, sulk quietly, I'm a big guy, so people leave me alone. All right, then, Jax. That's how you decide to deal with your favorite team losing important games. Feel free to do that. And then a couple of people writing in some of their favorite obscure random college basketball players. Uh, Wolfpack James wrote in TJ Warren. Richard Howe. Richard Howe, was. that's a great ACC name to bring up. The big man in the middle for some of those talented NC State teams. Yeah. Loved me some Richard Howe. Kevin Pitsnoggle. Everyone knows that name. A classic. Watching West Virginia in that crazy Wake Forest game was that the name? Or was that the was that the guy that really put Ian Eagle on the map as a broadcaster? Because I just know, like you hear those calls, mm-hmm. and dude, Ian Eagle is losing his mind talking about this guy named Pitt Snoggle making big time threes. Oh yeah, well that that game, I remember where I was for that game. the The West Virginia Wake Forest contest it went to like two overtimes. And you hear Ian Eagle call out Kevin Pitsnoggle a million times. So I remember him, Gansey, Air Bear, our very own Colin Hoggard wrote in Diedrich Willoughby. That's a great name. 704, Khalid El Amin. Yes, UConn grade. Damon Bailey from IU. We're getting a lot. Mateen Cleaves. Mateen Cleaves. That's not obscure, though. He was the most outstanding player of a team that won the national title. No, let's let's dissect what the definition of obscure would be because Mateen Cleaves, an awesome college basketball player, but if you fizzle out in the NBA, do you become obscure again to where Mateen Cleaves is not a part of the basketball consciousness? I feel like that's okay. I feel like Cleaves hits. You're right. He was amazing. He won a championship with Michigan state the year North Carolina made the final four, but he didn't really do anything in the NBA. He did speak. He was a college basketball analyst for a little bit though. Mateen Cleaves was that. So, so maybe so if 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 he's obscure, is Adam Morrison obscure? No. I don't think he is. For some reason that hits different, and I don't know why. Barefoot Bob has a great one. Levance Fields. Oh, that hits some nostalgia for me. Levance Fields is a great name, and Flounder is in the studio nodding in approval. Uh CJ Leslie, I don't know if that one's I feel like we oh, know him too well. Because he's also a high school legend around these parts. He was, oh, dude. I hated his I hated his rear end. Let me tell you something. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, we were talking about this team the other morning, uh Sir Dominic Pointer when he was a part of that team that revived yep. St. John's mm-hmm. for that one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh Walk Trophy Husband said, Walker, I'm a Panthers fan, Hornets fan, Braves fan. Tottenham fan and newly a Charlotte FC fan. I'm just numb to losing at this point, but watch out if we win. Yeah, that's a great attitude to have. Just be numb to the pain and then celebrate all of the great things that could happen. Olden Polonese. All right, that's a great name too. Let's try to focus a little bit more on what's happening in Carolina Panthers land. We will try to provide you some football analysis here um, because we're going off of the rails and it is all my fault. Jimmy Garoppolo, you told us yesterday, Fitty, at the very end of the show, that Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network said Carolina is one of the teams that could be interested when Jimmy G hits the open market. Now, it's not necessarily reporting that Carolina is going to pursue Jimmy G, but just that they could. They are expected to be a team that is interested in one Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's Tim Hasselbeck of ESPN discussing how he thinks Jimmy G would actually be a perfect fit with Carolina if that marriage ends up taking place. I think when you paint the picture of that team, like you think they're close. You think like a quarterback away. From good play. And think about this. Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, has had a lot of success playing in this league. 
He's not going to be crazy expensive because of his injury history, because of the situation in San Francisco and kind of how that's going to all play out for him. So you actually are, he's kind of found himself in a unique situation where like his leverage isn't where it would normally be for a guy that's accomplished as much as he's accomplished. And oh, by the way, he told everybody, hey, like, oh, by the way, in I think it was October or November, Carolina is actually where I almost ended up. Yeah. Like that, that was yeah. that was actually <laughs> kind of where I was going to land. So, like, I just think that while drafting a quarterback and developing them, especially the guys that are there, have a ton of you know faith that they would do a good job with that. Listen, if if you don't get the guy that you really like, sure, the option that might actually be the better thing for you if you mm-hmm. end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know how much money Jimmy Garoppolo is going to ask for. I don't know if you've seen any figures, Fitty. Maybe you can get our research team on that while they make all that Skrilla that we pay them. But I can't imagine he's going to call for what Derek Carr did, right? So if that's the case, and you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo to come in and be a starting quarterback only to eventually hand the reins off to your young QB, when we go bridge QB, we got to be real definitive with what we mean by that. Because I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo to be the quote-unquote bridge QB where he starts every single game this season, maybe the first half of next year, before you eventually hand it off to the young QB, right? Like, I don't want that long of a bridge QB with Jimmy Garoppolo. The only bridge that I am okay with is him maybe starting like the first month of the season and then eventually going to your young quarterback. And the problem is, if he's good enough, then okay, I guess hopefully you're winning some games, but that means you don't get to see the first-round quarterback that you drafted. And at that point, are you hurting his development by also not putting him behind an offensive line? Plus, you are talking about still paying him a decent amount. Like, he's not going to get chump change out there. He's still going to call for a decent amount of money. And I don't know how good he's going to be either, Fitty, to a point you brought up. Kyle Shanahan, I do think, is maybe the best play caller in all of the NFL, certainly up there, right? Like you can, you can call him one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, even if Wes would disagree really smart. Okay. <laughs> like I, I won't say the genius thing. Cause I think Wes will run from Greensboro over here to destroy me. But even if you don't want to call him a genius still runs an offense that is friendly to allowing Jimmy Garoppolo to be productive. As much as I like Frank Reich, as much as I like this coaching staff, let's just go ahead and hit the ground running especially if you trade up to go get a QB. If you bring in Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, Jimmy Garoppolo makes a lot more sense. But if you bring in CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, then I'd rather just have those guys come in with a little more polish in a good environment. Remember, we said this as as good an environment as we've seen in a while with Carolina. If you get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, Fiddy, I think I'm just starting those guys next year and seeing what you can do with some rookie QBs getting valuable experience for down the road. I think the thing you got to take into account with Jimmy Garoppolo is does he want to go somewhere for a second time and be in a position where he's just the bridge quarterback? Because like he was leaving San Francisco one way or another once they drafted Trey Lance. Does he want to go somewhere and be there for a year, two year? to groom someone else to take his job that he'll be out on the on the free market again. That's why I think if you see teams like maybe the Raiders or the Colts or whoever would maybe be interested in him, maybe teams that aren't going to be so sold on going to draft a quarterback. Now, the Colts, I think, are going to draft a quarterback this year because of who their owner is and how much he's lost for Bryce Young. But I, I think that makes more sense for him as opposed to coming here in Carolina where 
at some point, Scott Fitterer has got to draft a quarterback that's going to be here that you would imagine for a decade if it works out. Yeah, you you cannot go sign Jimmy Garoppolo with the intention of him being the only QB that you add this offseason that has any plan of starting. Like, can you imagine going after Jimmy Garoppolo after you went after Teddy Bridgewater, after you went after Sam Darnold, and after you went after Baker Mayfield, and then you go with Jimmy G, and that's your plan. I, I don't think Carolina is going to do that. They might go after Jimmy G, but that will not stop them. In fact, they absolutely will still draft a QB, even if they have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. Maybe I'm wrong on this. If the Panthers don't fully address the quarterback position, does that suck a lot of the wind out of what we think right now has been a really good offseason? Like, they've done a really good job putting together maybe the most complete coaching staff in the NFL. But if, if you don't go and address that quarterback spot to the fullest of your potential, which is drafting a quarterback in the first round, then I think you're still going to be going in this offseason or going in the season going, yeah, we got a great coaching staff, but are they good enough to coach up a Sam Darnold? Are they good enough to coach up a often injured Milan Jimmy Garoppolo? I think the answer is no. It's why it feels so certain that they are going to draft a quarterback, and it feels pretty certain that they're going to trade up for one. Right, like I don't think Carolina is going to stick there at nine and just hope that a QB falls to them without pulling off a deal that allows them to get within the top five. There's been some Arizona-Carolina rumblings out there as far as a move that Carolina could make to get up further in the draft. But it's why I feel very certain that Carolina is not only going to take a quarterback in the draft, but also move up to get that quarterback in the first round. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'll tell you about my morning out. I went to career day. I talked to some fourth graders, and they had some interesting things to say. We could talk about that, plus maybe continue our random college basketball conversation and our Jimmy Garoppolo conversation. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Do I bring up what Willie P came in and said to you during the break? Because he seemed pretty angry. Willie P was mad at you. Oh, there's Colin. (laughs) (laughs) I've enjoyed the crowd that has walked by the glass today. There's been a lot of smiles, whether I'm talking about Carolina while I'm talking about Willie P. (laughs) Willie P is holding up his fist saying he's going to fight one of us if we bring up. So that's fine. Willie P, you're going to get a lot of Willie P later on. He's going to fill in for Kyle Bailey. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. It's neither. It's great. 
thing, Fitty. It's the same people. It's the same question people ask about his brisket. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? No, the brisket. I want to try the brisket. I always thought you guys were way too harsh, but the thing is, you gave that joke life, and then it took off, and there was no containing it. It was already out of the box to the point where even Mac and Bone and one Flounder, who was in studio with us, because there's no rules, anybody can share the mic today. Flounder can also attest that you guys tell that joke a lot on morning radio. Well, here's the thing: that joke has kind of dissipated a little bit here. And this man, see, that's what it was. Kind of dried out, you could say. (laughs) 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 Willie thought that wound had been stitched up and was healed. And Fitty just came back and opened that wound right back up. I mean, because that's what Fitty does. He does not let anything heal, man. Like, Fitty Fitty is the anti-doctor in that sense. Where, no, you you do not go to Dr. Fitty. Yes, seriously, Willie. You do not go to Fitty at all to get something healed. By the way, I did, since you're here, we should talk about our brackets and who's in the lead right now. Oh, no. So I put Stroppy to work because he was talking a lot of trash. Because he went on a 10-0 run, and it was amazing. Like, legitimately, props to Shrop. It was impressive what he, he did. Ow! Is he part of this, by the way? I was told that there was only a four-person group here. I was able to apparently get lumped in because mm-hmm. I bring food. You were. That's right. So, he's bragging a lot for a dude that may not be a part of this. Well, I mean, the thing is, I would too, though. That's totally Ow. fine. I would too. All right, but here's the problem. We have a homework assignment without a name. And that homework assignment is perfect. What? So we have an ACC tournament bracket that has been filled out. And everybody else has a name. I wrote my name on it. No, Willie P is trying to point to him. I don't see a name. Shroppy, he wrote his name on it. We have... That handwriting's too sloppy for it to be a palacha. We have Flounder who wrote his name. Fitty. Colin. We have a lot of people... Who wrote their names on it. Now, here's the thing. When I was in school and you didn't write your name on your homework assignment, it did not count. What? You got a zero. That's mine. The Hell. question is, Will, Willie is claiming, Willie is I claiming. the big D on <laughs> <laughs> Can you please save that soundbite from Willie P? <laughs> Can you please save That's that? That's what that is. That's the D? Yeah. I thought it was a... Yeah. I thought I it was someone just writing on the paper to get the pen working. I thought that was Smoke's handwriting. Willie, are you telling me you're perfect? Because yes. that is straight trash right now. Yes. Are you serious? My so, bracket is perfect. Why go- would you draw your D on a bracket? <laughs> 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 You said no rules Friday. <laughs> there are there are no rules. Okay, no rules. I, I I did dub it no rules Friday. Please text into the Garage Door Guru text line. You guys have to help God us. God Almighty! You you guys have to help us out. Does Willie P's bracket count if he did not write his name on it? Because everybody else understood the assignment, as the kids say. Everybody else wrote their name, but Willie P, as he told you, as he screamed from the depths, said that that big D is what he put on the paper. That's what he said. And so, as when we, did he fill it out? Too is the question. I mean, he could have filled this out after games already happened. I he, he I wouldn't put it past him. He's a sly bastard. Because <laughs> did anybody see him fill uh, it out? That's the question we need to ask. I did not. As Shroppy was filling it out, though, he was saying we have a perfect bracket, and I don't know who it is. Now we all kind of suspected it was Smoke because Smoke is the genius. I I heard Smoke. Pull out something crazy yesterday where he knew what the were like where the 1987 Super Bowl was. I mean, that kid's insane. No, man. it wasn't a, a 98 Goodies 500 reference. Well, Shocking. It, even so, it's crazy. And so I thought, all right, you know, here is 
Here is someone that is the Oracle that just decided he's going to get a perfect grade on this ACC tournament, but it's not. Willie P is saying that. So Wolfpack James says, I agree with that. If you don't write your name on your work, it doesn't count. Big Cat Dan, nope. 919 says, Willie P out here. I'm not going to say that. I need to stop reading the entire text (laughs) message. I get to the actual point. And then... I need to stop. Uh, Cacklack wrote in, Willie P doesn't get credit because, well, he's Willie P. That's what it's going to feel like for him. He's already called himself a punching bag on these airwaves already. If we don't give him this award, then it's going to be a problem. But here's the one thing. So he's perfect right now. Mm -hmm. What if he was in last place? Would he then claim it? Or would he would he then act like oh I I don't I don't know who filled that out? Can I? That's not my D on that paper. Can I tell you an embarrassing story of my high school? It's it's just a stupid story more than it is embarrassing. There was one time I was a freshman in high school, and it was a true or false questionnaire. And I didn't know the answer. And so I thought I'd try to be slick by doing like the T and the F and then just hoping that it was open for interpretation for whoever was grading my paper. Because you guys mm. you guys would grade each other's paper every once in a while. Yeah. We did that, right? So I was hoping that one of my friends in the class would just go ahead and give me a, a good old check mark. But no, they, they exited out. And it was a really stupid thing for me to do. But I feel like that's what he was trying to do here. I feel like Willie was saying, okay, I didn't put my name on it. I'll claim it if it's good. Yep. But I'm going to deny it if it's bad. And that's why I feel like maybe we shouldn't count this thing. State fans are going to have a lot of fun. I had a, a situation in high school where we would we would take our quizzes, our teacher would give them back, but we had to turn them back in for it to count. I'm going to be honest right now. <laughs> I did the formula completely wrong, so I got a zero on the quiz. Uh-huh. Well, I figured out what I did wrong with the formula. I never returned the quiz, so it was marked down as if, as if I missed that day in class. I had to retake the quiz, and I got a 100 on it. Oh, you. You talk about being sly. <laughs> That's what you are. I, I got to tell you, I appreciate that right there. Well, you That's guys amazing. To, you guys went to the same school, right? And well, then, that was in high school. In high school. Okay. Yeah. No, no. We went to middle school together. Gotcha. We didn't pull anything like that. <laughs> yeah. no. And now we're working in radio. <laughs> yeah. We're the smartest Sunlight. people out there. 100%. You know what's it more embarrassing, too? I'm the guy that just admitted to what I did, and I'm also the guy that went to go brighten the futures of fourth graders earlier today at career day. Like, that's that's not a story that I told. I did not want to do that. I wanted to make sure that I did not destroy these kids' futures by giving them any advice whatsoever. Did you make them call you Mr. Mail? No. No, no, no. That'd be so weird. That'd be so weird. But just if, in case you didn't hear, here's how my experience went. Kids were fantastic, man. They were awesome. They asked great questions. They asked better questions than what I might if I was a fourth grader trying to get into the business. I walked in, by the way. They were doing a student broadcast. Do you guys remember this? When you would be in maybe fourth grade middle school, you'd have your student broadcast team. Oh, yeah, and yeah. They, yeah, and then so they would they would report on whatever was going on at the school. I got an update on koalas today. Fantastic hit. Shout out to my young journalist of the future. But here are some other things that I heard. One, one kid right in front said, hey, you uh, cover the Hornets? Like, yeah, you know, I report on the Charlotte Hornets. Do you ever talk to Miles Bridges? <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I've interviewed him one time. All right, next question. Boom. Immediately move on. Another person asked me, is LaMelo Ball's ankle really broken? 
like they were kind of skeptical of it. I was like, no, it is. Okay, so that I'm going to tell you exactly what that is. That's somebody whose parent is like, it ain't broken. He just don't want to play. Well, and also, also there was somebody that said, do you think Lamelo's going to leave? I was like, no. I mean, I don't think he's going to leave. These kids are asking hard hitting questions here. And then, and so these are these like eight, nine, ten year olds at at the most, and they're asking me if they if I think Lamelo's going to leave. Like, no, I don't think Lamelo's going to leave. And the kid, he like scoffs. I think he's going to leave. Yeah. We need to trade him if he doesn't. <laughs> you got to get that value. That's what happened. And of course the yeah, the the bad one was somewhat somebody it was it was a kid at the very back of the class and they were asking about Josh Allen. Like, hey, whatever happened to Josh Allen? It's like, what do you mean? You know, what the Bills quarterback. No, I know. Yeah, what, what do you mean? Oh wait, no. That was DeMar Hamlin. Didn't he die? That gum. Yeah. That happened. <laughs> You're talking about moving on to another question immediately. I had no clue how to handle that. I did not know how to deal with the nuance of what we saw on the football field that Monday night. I did not know how to deal with the nuance that is the Miles Bridges situation. And so we moved on and we'll try to move on to the next hour here on Wes and Walker. We appreciate everyone joining us. You can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Overrated, underrated free agents in the NFL. The Carolina Panthers have a couple listed as the most underrated free agents at their position. Find out who those players are.